Johnson, it's time to enjoy the bog. It's Chevy truck season, and Chevy offers a full lineup of trucks and accessories. And gold game is over. Now it's time to react. This is Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Second and five. Rogers goes back to the other side towards Lazard, who's got it. Down in bounds. Touchdown, Packers. With Gabe Neitzel and Mark Tauscher, here's Emmy Award winner Homer. No. is Pack Attack, and I gotta get this out there right away, because I know you're gonna want it. It's the Boda Box Wine Line, Homer. 855-616-1620. It's gonna be a big box! <laughs> it's a big box. <laughs> big box of Boda Box Wine. 855-616-1620. That is the Boda Box Wine Line. Hit us up, talk, and text. I am Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. He is Homer from ESPN Milwaukee, and joining us, as he does, the former Badger, the former Packer, the Packer Hall of Famer. Hear him on Wildey and Tausch each and every weekday from 9 until noon. He is Mark Tauscher. Good evening, Tausch. Yeah, I can't wait uh, for the evening. opening statement. Are you ready? Uh, are, we, uh, are we still doing the opening yes, statement? Yes, of course we are. We checked and took a survey of who's in the Packer Hall of Fame. Gabe, are you in? I, I am not. Homer, uh, are you? I am not. And the, the opening statement comes from... Now, if we get someone as a guest who's also in the Packer Hall of Fame, then we'll let you okay. decide. Okay. Uh, I can reach out to Chewy, and you know we have yes. a, a great team here. All right. So, I don't know if I'm even going to go opening statement. I'm not surprised. Gabe knows this from when we've done pregame shows in the past. I pick the Green Bay Packers a lot, and I am right. A lot. I have said for two weeks, Green Bay's not winning this game. You're up in Minnesota. It's you're young offensively, new staff, all this stuff. Nothing about today surprised me. Is any the defense giving up more big plays? That would be the biggest negative I had. The fact that Justin Jefferson went as crazy as he did. That's the only part of today that surprised me. So for all the Packer fans, and I get it, we have high expectations. We weren't going 17-0. This team is more flawed. There were more question marks coming in, and there's still a lot of question marks coming out. But you saw the use of the running backs. You saw Aaron Rodgers struggle with the young wideouts. But I think the defense is only going to get better. That right there, that trio and of offensive weapons that Minnesota has is going to be as good as anybody that this defense faces. And they played him without taking a snap in the preseason. So I know we're going to get, oh, they should play in the preseason. They should get reps. Not surprised. Not worried. No need to panic. It's a, it's a bad loss. Not as bad as last year. But anybody that is shocked by what we saw today you're not paying attention. So it was an easy prediction. I know, Gabe, you picked Green I picked Bay Minnesota. to get beat. Yep. I picked Green Bay to get beat. And I think most people that were watching and paying attention knew this was going to be incredibly difficult. And when you saw that Bach and Jenkins were not playing, it just reaffirmed it. So I'm not panicking. I'm not worried. But I was concerned seeing what the defense – the defense was not – as good as we all, a lot of us, hoped it would look. But again, it's one week, and you're probably playing the best trio of talent that you're going to see 
on an opposing offense. That's my opening statement. That is the opening statement from the Packers Hall of Famer, Mark Tauscher. Hit us up on the Box wine line, 855-616-1620. Get your take out there as well, as the Packers have fallen in the opener once again. Back-to-back seasons where this has now happened. They fall in Minnesota today, 23-7. to Homer, do you have a counter to Tausch's opening statement? Yes. How... It's Jefferson. I was as close to Jefferson <laughs> as some of the Packers watching it on TV. Look at this is what you get. This is what you could say you get when your defensive coordinators had the worst defenses. I, I don't understand how that happens. I cannot now. Touch will help us here. How you can, and even when it was fourth down, the, the first score, there's one guy I got to have somebody around other than stopping the run. It's him. Now, if Jair Alexander, maybe they just play zone all the time, so it doesn't matter. If you've got a guy viewed as the best cornerback in the NFL, he's around Jefferson, if not all the time, most of the time, especially in situations like that. So I defer to you. Not That's the only thing that was a huge surprise. He killed him last year because they had all – Jair was gone, right? Was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he was here. And you know what? It was even worse today. Take it away, Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's the part, I think, that I'm most, I guess, concerned or upset. That should not happen. And I think we've all been talking how Razul Douglas, Jair Alexander, and Stokey are going to be the one of the, if not the top trio of defensive backs. That wasn't the case today. And I think you put a lot at Joe Barry's uh, desk because you got out-schemed. You got outmaneuvered today by a new head coach that I don't think you understood exactly what they were trying to do, which you should because the concepts are exactly what your head coach does. And to not either put Jair Alexander on him or come up with some other schemes to slow that down, you'd never let someone's best player beat you. And I think they came in saying, we're not going to let Dalvin Cook beat us. And we're really good on the back end. We're going to do what we do. Well, what we do wasn't good enough. And it wasn't – you didn't make the adjustments, or if you did, you did it too late. Because I thought after that first drive, I thought the defense played much better for the majority of the game. They had a couple of hiccups. But the first drive was El Stinko. Uh, the rest of the day, they hung in and played good enough. But the problem is, this is not – the Aaron Rodgers offense, the potent group that you're accustomed to seeing. You're now built to run the football and to play good defense. They ran the football really well. They didn't play good enough defense. And that's where uh, you you look at it from a Packer fan perspective and say, well, why? Why the, the biggest question coming out of it is, how do you let Justin Jefferson go? There are no... Great, uh, great excuses other than, listen, he's really, really good, and we didn't make any adjustments. That's the only answer I have for you. Yeah, because it's one oh, thing— Oh, wait, we need your opening statement. It's it's one thing if Justin Jefferson beats you and he go, you know, he like goes all Randy Moss and he makes an unbelievable catch if he jumps over Stokes or just outleaps uh, Jair Alexander— there was one time where, and I understand, like that's not how exactly the Packers probably wanted to draw it up, and it only ended up being like a five-yard game. But they had Justin Jefferson isolated on Preston Smith. 
that's not good for anybody. Like what? It, it, most of those big plays, yes, he's running wide open, and the only players you see are Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos, who are pretty two pretty decent safeties. However, I don't want them guarding Justin Jefferson one-on-one in any situation. Here's the nervousness part for me that kicks in. After watching them last year do this against the Saints, I, it was easy for me to write it off because I saw a way forward. I saw, okay, this offense is going to be better. We knew how good the offense was because they pretty much returned everybody. And at that point, we thought we were going to have David Bakhtiari returning at some point in the season. Obviously, it didn't work out that way, but the offense was still fine. Aaron Rodgers went on to win an MVP. This defense was talked up the entire offseason. The entire offseason. So we've got Mike Clay from ESPN going, oh, yep, they're going to lead the league, give up the fewest amount of points. We've got Mina Kimes a couple of months ago saying they're going to be the number 2 defense in the league. And to come out and and do what they did on that opening drive and then continue to allow Justin Jefferson, like that brings me pause. That's, that, that's what looks like Packers of old when they're trying to get the ball back. And that's when Dalvin Cook has his biggest runs of the game, picking up eight yards, picking up 16 yards. Like, that's the Packers' defense of old. Yeah, it was cool to see Quay Walker run around. Hopefully he's okay. He did not return after leaving with a shoulder injury. We'll get to the injury recap brought to you by Orthopedics Associates of Wisconsin later in the show. But I've got questions about that defense, and I know that offense is not going to be hitting midseason form any time soon. And by the way, I also don't think it's because they're not playing in the preseason because that narrative would have disappeared had Christian Watson caught a football on the first play of the game. That's my opening statement. A little bit rambling, a little bit all over the place. Maybe you have a statement oh. as well. 855-616-1620. We go to Paul. Dave, yep. Yeah, what's up, Tosh? Uh, that's what we do. We <laughs> ramble. Uh, that's, what we, that's what we do on opening statements, Ed. I, I think Homer is going to be – Homer, you're not – before we get to Paul, you're not going to be the earth is – you know, fall. Everything's falling. I don't know what that line is. The sky You're is not falling. There. Chicken little skull is no, sky. No, sky is not falling. at all. I'll tell you one thing. Okay. I like Watson. I think he's going to help. I do too. Oh, I, yeah. I, he, he's got some. It was a nice little route that he ran and on Patrick Peterson. Is a pretty good corner to get open right away. And he can never have a worse drop. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. That is, no, no, true. no. It's not possible. Not possible. But I there, there's something there, Dobbs. This is going to come down to I want to talk to Aaron Rodgers. I just I, we got to have a one on one. You I know why you, you're an idiot if you don't start releasing the ball quickly. Don't you realize you're going to get hurt? You must throw the ball quickly. Make these quick passes. They had that one driver. They did that. He's got, and that way you can believe in your young guys because there's not much they're going to be doing. You cannot do what you did today or you will get hurt. It's stupid. I don't know what you have to say to him. Well, what year did we have to deal with this? A few years in the back where we said, you've got to throw the ball away, even if because Taos talked about it, the defense and, and you're supposed to have a defense, but you're going to get hurt. Part of the problem there, and I'm willing to bet if, you know, if he's asked today during his press conference, if he's asked on Wednesday when he does availability of his locker room about the rookie wide receivers, I'm, I'm willing to bet that he mentions 
the play, it was late in the game when the Packers were driving, third and one, <laughs> Watson. and he tries to flip it to Watson in the flat on clearly a repass option play. Packers have run this play with Matt LaFleur a bunch of times. They've got two receivers on the outside. Those two guys go out to block, pick up a couple of yards, pick up the quick first down on third and one, and Watson never turned his head around. I guarantee you that upsets Rodgers more than the drop does. Because, okay, drops Uh, happen, whatever. I'm willing to bet that the mental mistake of not turning around and knowing that he's going to potentially throw you the football irks Rodgers more. For sure it does. And, again, don't be surprised. He missed all the training camp. There is a lot of nuance to what we're seeing. Can you accept it? Oh, you're going to have to because they're growing pains that come with being a wide receiver with an Aaron Rodgers-led offense. You knew that when you didn't bring Devontae Adams back. I think all the fans understand it. Aaron Rodgers, it's on him, too, to figure this out. Because it's not going to be as easy as, oh, well, just get the ball to Aaron Jones. We saw that formula today, and it didn't work. So, Romeo Dobbs is going to be a player. Christian Watson is going to be a player. We saw glimpses. You're going to talk about that drop, Homer, and deservedly says a terrible drop. But it was an awesome route move to get, I think it was Peterson, yeah. who's a former All-Pro. Now, he's not great anymore, but he's still out there starting for him. He had beat by five yards. That's what you want guys like that. Aaron Rodgers needs to help bring these guys along. It can't be eye roll and all this other stuff. There is going to be some growing pains to getting to the result that you're looking for, and that's why I'm not remotely panicked or uh, you you can relax, all this stuff. Not panicked yet at all. Not at all. Have something to say about the Green Bay football game? Call the Boda Box wine line at 855-616-1620 during Pack Attack. Boda Box, this is how we Boda. Please drink responsibly. Must be 21 or older. Boda Box Vineyards, Manteca, California. We go out to Paul in Madison on that Boda Box wine line. Paul, you're on Pack Attack with Homer, Gabe, and Tausch. Good afternoon, Gabe. I would say the only saving to me is the context. I watch the Rams and the 49ers, and I don't know what Tampa Bay is going to be given all this Brady histrionics. Uh, and so maybe 10 and 7, 11 and 6, and you get to the playoffs, and who knows. But that's best case for this team. I, I would say, A, I mean, the minute the pass got dropped, you did the game was lost. I mean, anybody who's seen enough Packer games goes, okay, that's that. But I expect it here. That's no problem. Yeah, but do you believe but they would have won? Like, if he catches that pass, they win the game. No, they don't win the game. No, yeah. they don't win the game. If Watson catches that pass, the Packers win the game. No, right. they, no they're not winning that game with that. I disagree with you, Homer. So you agree with Paul that the game was won and lost on that opening play? Packers first play of the game, that's when it was won and lost? No. Well, I picked I the, I the Vikings to win, but, but the, when if Watson would have caught it, it would have been an entirely different game. All right. Paul, continue that, with that, your point. That may, yeah, it's 23-14. No. But here, I just think, big picture, you couldn't even with Adams, you couldn't have expected three straight MVP caliber years. Without Adams, this team's going to struggle. They're going to lose two or three games that they wouldn't have lost. Not this one. But somewhere in this first half of the season, they're going to lose two or three games that would, they would not have lost last year because the offense simply isn't up to snuff. And then I get to the question of, yeah, we don't know what this defense is. We don't know what this offensive line is going to be yet. 
I still get to the question of what, where is his head? And, and this has been obviously our soap opera for so long, but I just feel like he's past the point of F you, I'm going to show you. I think he's at the point now where, okay, I'm doing this maybe one more year, maybe a second, although I doubt it. And you know what? If it ends up being ten and six, and I lose a ten and seven, and I lose a playoff game, that's that. I'm no, fine. you can't believe I that, Paul. Don't. No, you I can do. tell me he's going to turn into a grizzly bear before that. You know how competitive he is. He cannot do it. He's holding himself back to not yell at everybody in this game. You you really think that he's he's no less competitive than the most competitive day he's ever had? You believe he's lost his competitive drive? He, really? No, I just I no, I think he's a realist. And at some point it's gonna dawn on him that he ain't winning a Super Bowl without Devontae Adams. He ain't winning a Super Bowl without an offensive line that's actually healthy. He ain't winning a Super Bowl, as you said, Homer. They gotta be a top ten defense. They gotta be really good because that's what they were the one year they won the Super Bowl and the year they won it with Favre too. And I don't and I think he's just gonna look around and go, Okay, okay, okay. And we'll be ten and seven. I'll never believe and then maybe, that. by the way. Maybe, maybe the heavens will open because all the talents in the AFC, maybe, maybe Lance will never figure it out and they'll have a Garoppolo problem. Maybe Stafford gets hurt and the Rams don't do anything. Maybe Brady's weird at 45 years old and maybe these Eagles and Cowboys. It's perfectly possible, by the way, that a, that a team that's nowhere near as good as the Packers were the last two years might actually get to the Super Bowl. I don't rule that out, but, but we're going to have to go through a lot of pain to get there. This state ain't winning 13 games this year. We appreciate the call, Paul. 855-616-1620. That is the Boda Box Wine Line. We continue to take your calls. We continue to react to the Packers' 23-7 season opening loss at Minnesota against the Vikings as Pack Attack continues next on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. More Pack Attack coming up on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Sponsored by Bud Light. Brewed with four simple ingredients for the highest quality taste. When you open... Here's Green Bay's first offensive play in the New Year. Rodgers going to unleash, going deep. Watson, the rookie, drops it. He was wide open, and Christian Watson dropped what would have been a touchdown. That's how the season started offensively for the Packers. Call courtesy of Fox, Kevin Burkhart. On the call for Fox, uh, a, a drop. For Christian Watson, it was it was incredible because I'm looking at Twitter. You know, you have you, you always have Twitter open during the game. I'm Gabe Nigel. He's Homer along with Packers Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher here on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Boda Box Wide Line eight five five six one six one six twenty, and you see like, oh hey, Christian Watson's going to be on the field for this first play. And I don't know if they thought that oh we're going to use this as a distraction. This you know we're just going to run the football. Just goes and beats Patrick Peterson up top and. Rodgers threw a perfect pass, and I know there's been a narrative about, oh, Rodgers and deep balls in the past couple of years. Delivered one right on the money, but it was not meant to be as the Packers fall 23-7. to I don't, I don't know how he dropped it. Like, is, is there a technique? Like somebody said you're supposed to let it fall into your hands or not grab it. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Tausch, right? That, I mean, Tausch, you, Tausch, you had a touchdown pass. Yeah, I don't drop it. Yeah, I don't drop passes like that. I'm one for one on catching. Right, but do you let it? What, what, did you ever hear him talk? No. You got to grab it with your it fingers. Happens. Or, I know. No, it happens. There, Obviously, uh, you can't factor nerves. Yeah. I and mean, it's the kid's first play uh, and, and as an NFL player. 
He has expectations. He's running full tilt. Uh, he also, I, I caught mine, but he's also running 25 miles an hour faster than I was. So that also is in play. But it was almost crazy how quick he had his hands up to his head. It almost it was like, <laughs> like you, he, he it didn't even, the it ball didn't even hit there. the ground yet. <laughs> yeah, before he hit his head. It was a big play. Uh, it obviously, I you know, momentum is a fickle thing in an NFL game and in all football games, and you can't really quantify what that would have meant other than seven points. It would have definitely changed the complexion of the game, but Minnesota's defense gave Green Bay's offense a lot of problems up front, and I give Minnesota's offensive line a lot of credit because Rashawn Gary got after it. You saw some Kenny Clark in there. There wasn't as much pressure or, again, the scheme and how they designed their game plan. They weren't going to let Kirk Cousins get strip-sacked and big plays go against him. They had the plan in place. This was another game. Matt LaFleur and his staffs were outcoached. Their players were outplayed, but I thought schematically and how the approach of the game went, I thought Minnesota's was much better, and that obviously showed up on the scoreboard, too. 855-616-1620 is the Botabox wine line. We go out to Dan in Milwaukee. Dan, you're on Pack Attack with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. Is this Dan? Apparently not. All right. Well, uh, I hear something too. I yeah. think there's someone there. Somebody just didn't want to talk to us. Uh, who would have, I mean? Uh, would have got next? Paul and Madison. Now we have Paul. Paul, you are on Pack Attack with Homer Game and Tausch. All right. I think we're having some sort of issue with the phone lines right now, as uh, nobody can hear us when we try to go to them. Keep coming in. You can always send a text as well to the Boda Box Wine Line eight five five six one six one six twenty. It is time to go through our drive of the game. It's presented to you by Boucher Automotive Group, where they ride with you every mile. Visit them today at Boucher dot com. Uh, I mean, they only had one scoring yeah, drive, and, right? Like, well, no. And I thought at that point they could win the game. No. They were running the ball. What? The drive of the game was the fourth and one that you didn't get done. Uh, yeah, that was the drive. Of the game. That's yeah. No, I think you're right. Where they get down to the uh, goal line and can't punch it in. Yeah, this doesn't always need to be. What was the positive thing? You got beat. Uh, for as much as we want to get on Christian Watson not catching that first pass, which again was a big play. You come back around and you're in a position. Yeah. And Minnesota kind of, you know, they, I thought the uh, the broadcast team for Fox did a really good job of explaining they ran zone three in a row. They did not account for Zadarius Smith to pierce through the middle and make that tackle on, I believe it was A.J. Dillon. Yes, it on was. That, big, that was Minnesota converts their fourth down for a tutter, and then if it was one or two drives later, that was your drive that I thought really, put a crimp in the momentum that you would gain by moving the football down the field. That's my vote for drive of the game. Yeah, I th- you know what? I think I'm going to be saying this quite a bit this season on Pack Attack, but Tausch is absolutely right. Because when you look at the oh, flow of the game... You won't say it that often, <laughs> but that's nice of you to yeah, say. I mean, when you look at the flow of the game, the but Packers he's right defense, here. they forced punts We on always did the drive that scored or something, but yeah. that, that, we'll change that. Yeah. Tausch has made an improvement to the show. It was the drive of the game. Yeah, because Especially given that Dylan was able to get a yard on like every run the entire game. Yeah. 
without a doubt. It, it's the the Packers defense settled into the game. So you get the, you know, after the, the really bad opening drive, then you force a three and out, they get a first down next drive, end up punting it away, and you finally get that offensive rhythm going. And you stall out at the one, they end up getting a field goal going up, you know, 10 nothing at that point in, in the second quarter. But you actually had that momentum, you had the rhythm, you had the feel, and if you punch it in there to make a 7-7 game, you're right back to where you would have been had Christian Watson caught that. But again, you probably feel a little bit better because not all your offense comes on just one play. You establish that rhythm, you establish that. Going back to last season, Tausch, so they have you know a couple of, of opportunities inside the red zone, and they don't cash in again today. Like, how much is that going to be a storyline going forward? Keeping an eye on the red zone opportunities. Packers just one of three in the red zone today. Yeah, it's huge, and I think we we kind of glossed over that a little bit last year with how the playoff game ended, and that was a you know kind of an Achilles heel for this team last year, and that's with Devonte Adams, who is you know, one of the greats to be able to do it. I think that is something that's got to get shored up because you saw special teams issues last year. You hope things have improved on that, but that's what the NFL is now. Teams move the football. It's about what you do when you get inside those 20s. The ones that score tutters have good seasons. The ones that are forced to kick field goals or turn it over, they struggle and usually don't make playoffs. So, It's one sample, it's one game, but it's a recurring issue. Those are things that when you analyze all your data from the past season, you then reemphasize and say, this is what our focus is going to be. We need to be better. I'm assuming that's what Matt LaFleur and Adam Stenovich did, but that did not show up tonight. So that is going to be a Rick until it improves and you get things fixed you're going to continue to talk about that because it's always a critical stat when you're talking about winning football games. And they should be able to answer, guys. They got Dylan. They, every team should know that we can just take Dylan and shove him down up the middle if we get a couple, get two or three chances to get seven or eight yards. And so now, if they're going to try to stop that, then whatever else we do tight end should be that much easier. They, they should be among the league leaders in red zone. Do you think they should be back among? Because that's what they yes. were in 2020. That's what separated them right. and made them a team. Like, Last year they were 19. Yep. Yeah, no, they 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 should easily be in yeah, the top I, 10 with Dylan. I wonder this, and, and I wondered this throughout the offseason after Devontae. There is going to need to be a little bit of a mindset change because we've always, as an organization, fans – We've always leaned on, well, keep the ball in 12's hands. I want 12 making the decisions. And you do still. But if you're going to be a team that's going to go as young as they have at wide receiver, with Bob Tunyon coming back, you feel a little bit better about the tight end. But otherwise, you're going to be a little inexperienced there with with Smitty and that crew. Do you have to take that adjustment mentally to say, we need to be more run first, we need to really focus in on that with a quarterback that is a you know four-time MVP or whatever he is, three or four-time MVP. That is a mindset change. I don't know if that's going to get pounded in, especially early in the season, because when Green Bay moved the football, what did they average per uh, rush? I think it was around six a carry. Uh, today... You need to do it. Yeah, Packers were 6.2 yards per carry. 6.2 yards a carry? 
and you get seven points, that means you're not running the ball enough. That's what that tells me. We know who so, you need to talk to. Well, so, no, Tausch, this this goes back. And by the way, uh, for those wondering who Smitty is, that is Tyler Davis. If you want to know more about Smitty and Tyler Davis, listen to Wildey and Tausch weekdays, 9 to noon, on ESPN Wisconsin. But, Tausch, what you're talking about is reminiscent of teams that you were, you were on. Back in 2002, 2003, you've got Brett Favre, and he's, you know, obviously this prolific quarterback. However... You guys ended up turning around and, and handing the ball off a ton to Amon Green. I think in 2003, he had over 1,800 yards rushing. Are you saying maybe kind of look into something like that? Where you're you know, not one guy because you have Dylan, you have Aaron Jones in the backfield. We are but, Milwaukee's yeah, the, home the for back, Packers legend Brett Favre. Maybe 94.5 ESPN is WKTI and WKTI HD Milwaukee, a good karma brand's radio station. As you're letting Watson and Dobbs develop and gain some confidence and get the trust of your quarterback because this did not look like the Matt LaFleur. And I remember Homer, we, we would talk about this the last couple of seasons on Pack Attack, how wide open everybody is, how great Matt LaFleur's scheme is. I didn't feel that today. I felt more of what on earth is McCarthy drawing up? Why is Aaron <laughs> Rodgers throwing the ball away and taking sacks, holding the ball so long? It was a lot more of that than it was of, wow, what a scheme, what a play to get Bob Tunyon open or Dobbs. There were some of those, but if you had to answer that, Homer, would you say, yeah, there are a lot more, it looked more McCarthy-esque at the end than it did Matt LaFleur innovative in the beginning. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, I agree 100%, but I'm, I'm going to be on, on Rodgers. He's going to have to release the ball quicker. But, yes, there was no, there were no, there were, the guy, the guy, we all know the guy that was wide open that we couldn't believe it, and he wasn't playing for the Packers. No, you're 100 percent right. There was, uh, it was not that. Pack Tax brought to you by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager since 1982. Like crisp and refreshing and ice cold, Bud Light is waiting for you. Brewed with four simple ingredients for the highest quality taste. Of course, we all know what those are. Barley, rice, hops, and water. Pick up Bud Light during your next visit to your favorite local retailer. Enjoy responsibly 2022 Anheuser-Busch Bud Light, St. Louis, Missouri. We've got a lot of calls lined up on the Boda Box wine line, 855-616-1620. We hear from you coming up next after the Packers 23-7 loss to the Vikings to open up the season. This is Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. You're listening to Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Cousins got a throw near side. Caught for the touchdown. Jefferson. I still can't get over how open he was on that play. On the other big play, on that other big play, I mean, he had eight catches today. Eight, or excuse me, nine receptions, 184 yards, two touchdowns as the Packers fall to the Vikings. 23-7 to open up the season. This is Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. I'm Gabe Nigel along with Homer and Tausch as we react to the contest and take your calls on that Boda Box wine line, 855-616-1620. Mike in Somerset. Mike, you are on Pack Attack with Homer, Gabe, and Tausch. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, with the Packers' two offensive tackles out, and they've got the next six out of seven games on grass, and again, I don't know what the field service is in England, I think it's a smart choice to keep them out. Granted, we're a little outmatched on the outside, but I think we got to play for the playoffs and not for week one. 
Yeah, no, I appreciate the call, Mike. Tausch, can you talk about the differences for an offensive lineman of playing on turf versus playing on grass? Is that going to be a better environment for Bakhtiari, for Jenkins, once they eventually come back? Yeah, I've and I've been saying this on uh, on our show for a while. When, when David was on PUP and Elton Jenkins started training camp on uh, physically unable to perform, even when they were activated off of it, I, I just wondered – is it going to be worth it? You have a 17-game schedule. It's not so much the field turf versus grass. Every player will tell you you're better suited playing on grass. It To me, it was more the stress of playing in that dome where you're going to be a half step slower because of the crowd noise, and that gets you in some uncomfortable positions that I didn't think it was going to be worth the risk of playing on turf in those environments when you're going to be a half step slower, you're going to be put in those uncomfortable spots where you might get bent and things. Elton Jenkins got hurt up at U.S. Bank Stadium. That's where he hurt his knee. I just, I like Green Bay's decision today. I thought that's what they do. And then, you know, I kept, you know, Jason kept telling me, well, you know, we're th- this is what I'm hearing. This is what you're seeing. I think Green Bay made the conservative Smart play to hold them out. Yes, tonight is tough. You got a, t- a division game that you lost, probably to the team that's going to give you any. If you're not going to win the division, it's going to be this team. So I understand the immediate reaction, but you have a lot more football to play, and I want those two guys lining up at offensive tackle uh, for as many games as possible. I think it was a really smart move holding both those guys out. Yeah, I, th- I mean, it. it's hard in the moment, especially right after the game when Aaron Rodgers was getting hit the way he was and took a really hard hit where you're going, ooh, is he okay? Is he going to potentially be evaluated for a concussion? And he came back and he appears to be fine and uh, no issues for him, at least right but now. But isn't that forward. on him? I mean, yeah. He knows who's there. I don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what he's thinking. What is he thinking? Yeah. Homer, it wasn't blindside, blitz not getting picked up. He has an internal clock. He has to also understand, I don't have my all-pro, all-everything, potential Hall of Fame tackles. Both guys, if they could stay healthy, I think have that opportunity to do it. And for you know Aaron to know that time clock and understand, I can't continue to take those hits. The ball has to come out quicker. And we thought, especially when you saw the inactive list, that that was going to be the case. That was part of the plan. But like Mike Tyson said, plans are great until you get punched in the face. Then you have to try and ad lib and you fall behind and you have to do things that you maybe don't want to do with the group that you have, and you get beat. So now it's just like last year, even though it's on a much less uh, of a, I guess, pain scale from the beat down that, the New Orleans Saints gave this team last year, you got beat bad. You were outclassed a little bit. Now what are you going to do? And I think last year's game, everybody was panicking a little bit more because of the Joe Barry effect, including you, Homer. I don't think your level of panic is anywhere near that this year. Nope. So you, I, I guess I, I, I knew the offense was going to be fine last year. I'm, I do realize, and I think that this team is going to be fine, especially with the Chicago Bears coming in next week. I understand they won their game on a sloppy Soldier Field turf earlier today against the San Francisco 49ers. Tough, you know, 
tough environment for them to play in. Congrats to them on winning. I'm not worried about them coming into Lambeau next week. I am worried about going to Tampa Bay. I am worried about having to play what last year was a pretty good defense in the New England Patriots coming to Lambeau in a couple more weeks. Like The start of the schedule is not great, and it, it just doesn't look like there's any relief in sight to me for the offense. Maybe they figure it out, but along the offensive line, Tausch, with John Runyon suffering a concussion today, now does that put you down potentially three starting linemen for the next game, or does that potentially accelerate a timeline for Bakhtiari, for, um, for Elton Jenkins to try to come back and help shore up that offensive line? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to be curious uh, what the David Bakhtiari situation is because I had a hunch he was going to play, and then when he didn't practice on Friday and there was kind of – a little bit of a cloak of quietness about why he wasn't practicing. And then the antenna goes up a little bit. So I don't know on David. I would be surprised, unless Elton Jenkins' pec injury is you know holding him out, I think you see him play next week, and then that gives you an interesting question. I thought Jake Hansen had a tough game. I thought they you know went after him a little bit at right guard. And I thought Royce Newman, for the most part, held up okay out at right tackle. Thought Yash Nyman did a yeoman's job out at left tackle. That is not easy. You got two really good defensive ends screaming down and a very motivated Zadarius Smith. This wasn't the case that the O line was just god awful. I mean, they get they had some plays that obviously they'd like to have back. Two or three of the sacks Aaron Rodgers took were solely on Aaron Rodgers. So I think your your concern level on the O-line, we heard it all through camp. It was high. And we hoped that David Bakhtiar and Elton Jenkins are going to be back. I don't know many teams that can leave off the one of the best left tackles in football, one of the best young linemen in football, and you take those two out of your equation for playing and just snap your fingers and think, oh, don't worry about it. We'll be fine. That's not how it works. It's the Butterbox Wine Line, 855-616-1620. We go back out to Steve in Greenfield. Steve, you're on Pack Attack with Homer, Gabe, and Tausch. Yeah, I want to talk about the play calling. And Tausch kind of touched on this, but uh, I really thought that going in, the plan was going to be run right at Zadarius because we learned while he was here that he's a liability against the run. And I really, they finally started to do it in the third quarter where they, they got the ball to uh, uh, Dylan three straight times, and then LaFleur decides to go play action, and Runyon gets a concussion, and Rodgers gets killed. I mean, it, to me, if, if I'm averaging six yards a pop, I don't care if I run it 20, yard, 20 times in a row. I'm going to keep running it until you prove you can stop it. Appreciate the call, Steve. Um, yeah, I mean, the Packers ran the ball efficiently, but ultimately, in this offense, you want to run the ball so you can throw the football. No, it's ne- that's never going to happen. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Well, Homer, that's the question. Because we saw what worked today. Yeah. We know where the strength of this football team. Aaron Rodgers has told us. You, your best players, those two backs are two of your best 11. I liked what Matt LaFleur did, bringing those guys in together. I want more of it. Minnesota had a hard time holding up trying to stop that run. Now, was that because of the lead? I don't know, but that 6.2 yards, that's that's college football stuff. That doesn't happen in the NFL often. 
that you're averaging that. Matt LaFleur is going to, and I you know, have not listened to his presser yet. I've seen some clips. He is going to kick himself for not running the ball more because when they were down 17-0, how did they kind of start eking their way back in that football game? They ran the ball. Yeah. Got away from it too early, in my opinion. Well, Aaron Jones only had five carries. He was the team's leading rusher, five carries, 49 yards. Uh, 29 came in, in the second half on the one run that he had. But A.J. Dillon consistently getting four and a half yards a run. Those two guys, when they had the football in their hands, it seemed like they were making things happen. I, I guess I just assumed uh, that they you, were going gets, to have more than 15 touch, fifteen rushes, I should say, yeah, not just touches, 15 worse. runs between the two of them. Given their catches and the rushes, they had 23 touches for 167 yards. We're talking... Over seven yards. Yeah. Seven a yards touch. a pop. Seven yards a pop. Yeah. Need more. Need, Need more. I mean, what, we're at 23. It, it has to be at least 30 with the two of them. Yeah, I would think so. You know, getting them both 15 what? touches a game, I, it, that's not yeah, asking that, too much. Is or it somebody's touch? hot, he gets 20, the other, but, but like 30? No, you give your best player the football. Aaron Rodgers is your best player, but you give... Who's he distributing to? Would you rather the ball in Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon's hands? Or Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins? I want my two horses. Divide it out however you want. Ride the hot hand. Those guys didn't see the ball enough. Because when they did, that's when you put the most stress on that defense tonight. And they did not hold up great when it was Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. They held up great when it was third and six, and we need to make a play, and you let the pass rush go eat, that's when they that's when they held up. The Boda Box wine line number is 855-616-1620. We go to Paul in Madison. Paul, you are on Pack Attack with Homer, Gabe, and Tausch. No? Paul? Paul, are you there? I mean, I hear somebody there. Do they want yeah, to speak like to rustling. us or not? Yeah, I did like. I mean, do they have rustling. their unmute your phone if you're trying to? Well, but I could be able to hear the rustling. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, what, what's, let's try Mark. Mark, you're on Pack Attack, not Mark Tauscher. Different Mark. You're on Pack Attack with Homer, Gabe, and Tausch. Mark, Hello. are you there? Hey, Mark, what's going on? Are you there? Yeah, we're here. You got us. What do you What do you have on the Packers' twenty-three-seven loss to the Vikings? Abe covered most of what I wanted to talk about, but I still think the fourth down and one yard, goal to goal, terrible call. Should have rolled them out and tried to stretch the field. Yeah, I think they kind of covered that. We appreciate the call, Mark. And, and Tausch, I know you pointed out, uh, I think that was a great job by Greg Olson to kind of point out that the way that Rodgers read it, because he could clearly, and we've seen this with Aaron Rodgers a number of different times, where Rodgers has that autonomy at the line of scrimmage. He kind of read what he thought he saw at the line, and turned out they went to a more of a man concept. They didn't block Zadarius Smith, which is how he was able to crash down and get A.J. Dillon. So AJ, excuse me, Aaron Rodgers, I think, had the ability to throw that ball if he wanted on that play, but just ultimately decided it was best to hand it off to Dillon because they were going to have enough guys to block whoever Minnesota had at the line of scrimmage. Ultimately, that ended up back firing for the pack uh, it did and i that was one of the things i saw from the post game aaron Rodgers took full accountability on that he was uh, he either got tricked or he made a bad read he should have pulled it because the darius smith crashed down uh and i think part of it was he thought 
and Greg Olson astutely pointed out on the broadcast that they're going to be in zone and that it have that. Well, it's fourth and one. You don't know what's going to happen. It's a complete mess. And, you know, it's I know it's a 23 to six, uh, seven final. And you think, well, that, that it's three or four plays change the complexion of a game. We already went over Christian Watson, already went over the fourth and one. I thought the you know that interception that Aaron threw. Anytime you turn the ball over, that's going to be one of those plays. But that fourth and one, that play, I think, really kind of turned the whole operation and soured. I think a lot of Packers opportunities moving forward because that's just a whole different ball game. Minnesota was able to really play comfortably for the vast majority of the second half until they finally scored. You do that earlier, all of a sudden, a lot easier to play football when you're up twenty to nothing than if it's, you know, seventeen to seven. It's just a whole different ball game. I know you're going to be. Uh, Tosh is with us for one more segment. That's is that, correct. Can we use that segment to say officially goodbye to Omari Rogers? All right. That's a heck of a tease, Homer. Are we going to officially say goodbye to Amari Rogers with Tausch's last segment? That's coming up next on Pack Attack. Play clock at one. Pressure up the middle. Rogers in trouble, and he is sacked. It's the ex-Packers at Arias Smith. Didn't have an Amari Rogers highlight to play. Oh, yeah, I suppose there weren't any Amari Rogers highlights to play. This is Pack Attack. Touch of Trio Radio Network. I'm Gabe Nigel. He is Steve the Homer True, along with the Packers Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher. Tausch with us for one segment. And, Homer, you had the tease. Yeah, well, we had Josh Jackson. Uh, then we had uh, Jamon Moore. That might have been even quicker. And uh, and now we got Amari Rogers. I mean, two rookies... Watson didn't even play in the preseason. He's he's there. Uh, he's a return guy, and maybe he can run a revert. Where is he on the? He's behind Watson. He's behind Dubs, as we call him, or Dobbs. And well, so you want to talk about the end rounder reverses? Both Dobbs and Watson each had one of those today. I know, as well. ahead of him on that. So, all right, Taus. I get accused for saying things too early, but it's clear. It's over. Uh, Jawan Winfrey elevated well, from the practice squad. He yeah, had a catch so, today. Yeah. It's done. We're just how long? Uh, how long before they admit it? Not, so he'll probably be on the team another year. Or so he will be your punt returner until something bad happens. He looked more confident on his punt return. But as far as the wide receiving core go, yeah, I think he ain't going to get more reps when Alan Lazard gets back. It's over. He's not going to get. He's not going to get more reps as Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson get Who's more reps. Who's he ahead of? He ain't going to get more reps when Juwan Winfrey gets yes. elevated to the regular he's, seven. He's last. If that no, does no. happen. Samari Torrey was inactive today, so he's okay. ahead of Samari. All right. Yeah. At least yeah. he was but on among the, the people that are active, run. Among the people that are active as a receiver, he's last. Yeah, he was yeah. seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was okay. seven. All right. Yes. Yeah, and I thought that maybe the way they used him in that final preseason game, oh, maybe you line him up in the backfield. Can you just, nope, nope, nope. Just, yeah, I, I don't recall seeing him out there for an offensive snap today. Now, he, that's not to say he wasn't out there. Maybe he had a snap or two, but that's just because he was rotating in, and it's very obvious he's the last and on the we don't, chart. we don't have to be told what it is. We don't need to know what it is. We don't need to know why it is, and it's over. So, uh, that happens. I'm not saying it's over. All right. Because okay. until he's not on the roster, 
it ain't over. Wow, how long but was it over with Jackson before he was off the roster? Well, he got cut in the se- during the season. I, if you're asking if Amari Rogers is going to be on the roster by the end of the season, that's a good question. No, I'm going to say that. Is he ever going to do anything of significance as a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers? And the um, answer is no. That's over. Now we're just deciding how long he's going to hang around. Right? I mean, if I'm... Uh, if you don't I'll want to go this. there, that's fine. Tosh, Tosh doesn't no, want to agree with you, but he's thinking you're making a lot of sense. No, that's I, what that is. No, well, he knows it's true. No, Gabe, nobody's I happy to be about it. It's sad. How do you push back? How do you push back on that? Because he, Homer's right in the fact he is where he is. He has to have a depth. couple of great returns for a touchdown or something, and then make you think that. Uh, I, I still, I'm not going to write him off on the jet sweep, uh, running back role because you only have two backs. So if something would happen to Aaron Jones or, you know, AJ Dillon in game when you can't elevate a running back up, if it ha- you're, you'll see Amari Rogers, and I think that's why he'll continue to get some opportunities. But yeah, as a wide receiver, I wouldn't want to be Amari Rogers if that was as a Green Bay Packer. I think his opportunities are starting to get more and more limited. I yeah, guess I'll just I, put it I, if I was Amari Rodgers, I'd demand to be traded. You don't demand don't, a trade when you're barely dressed. Sure I can. Yeah, I, the, I the quarterback's never well, going to give can, me a chance. But, I'm not saying he's right, but that's what I would say. i got no chance here. None. Zero. That guy's never going to believe in me. And so I know how he does with us. If I was his agent, I'd say, Amari, you just got to go somewhere else. Now, what but, I mean, not, isn't that partly on up. him? Yes, of course it's on him. <laughs> yes. I'd, but I would never be, admit it's on me if this, it was on me. Let's say it's a bold move, Cotton, if you're uh, buried right. on the depth chart and uh, well, then demand that trade uh, I, or request that trade. I guess, be, yeah, when, when you're seventh on the depth chart, I don't think you'd be okay. demanding much All of right. anything. Good point. I think you can request things, and those things will be politely declined. The Box wine line, 855-616-1620. We go to Brian in Lake Geneva. Brian, you're on Pack Attack with Homer, Gabe, and Tausch. Hey, guys. How you doing? Enjoy the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. What do you got? Do you quick question for? Do you think this Packer roster is actually better than it was last year? No, I, mean, I just see a lot of talent gone. You know, I'm looking at four games last year: the Baltimore, San Francisco, Cleveland, Cincinnati game. They don't win any of those games without Devontae Adams. He put up, you know, like 40 catches for 500 yards, five touchdowns. You know, that's a nine-win team without mm-hmm. Adams. I just can't see them improving on their record based on what they did in the offseason. You know, for for this year, unless they get you know some extremely lucky breaks and a couple of a couple of big games. Hey Brian, quick question though: Are you factoring in that two All Pro Pro Bowl type tackles are not playing, and your know, number we, one wideout is you know, in street clothes? Guys are coming back, but he's not really a I number understand. one. He's I'm, not I'm, really a number one Tausch, but he is. Absolutely. Like, That's like, like all those years when the Brewers had bad pitching, and everyone's like, oh, right. this guy's their ace. He wasn't really the ace. He's not actually an ace. He's a guy that's at the top of the rotation. Like, I guess he's number one in the fact that he's the Packers' number one receiver, not a number one receiver. I'm in Gabe's club. Yeah, I apologize. Brian, I'm, I, I cut you off. Brian, continue with your point. No, I mean, I want Bakhtiari to come back 100%. I want Jenkins to come back. But there's still huge question marks. And looking at the line today, that's one of the bottom 
10 units in the league. They got dominated by an average defense. And they don't have a veteran offensive lineman like they had last year to fill in. Yeah, I mean, the the schedule's not any easier in the coming weeks. And if they don't get those guys back, nothing's going to change. They're going to struggle on offense. They're not going to be able to to run the ball. It's going to be it's going to be an issue. So, I mean, I hope I'm, you know, wrong, but I just don't see this team being better right now than it was, you know, ending the season, you know, you know, last year. So appreciate the call, Brian. Always appreciate it. And it's yeah, I, I just think that defensively, I know I'm standing out there by myself today. Quay Walker, I hope he's not dinged up too much because you saw the impact he was making. I know the first drive was bad, but he just looks different. Oh, he looks the part. He's just, he is the guy. You factor him with Devondre Campbell. It's going to be. Yeah, so I'm hoping that his injury, I know he had a shoulder. Uh, you hope that's the case. I don't know how anybody could say that this defense isn't going to be better than it was last year. I know I can't say that after today, but even with all that said, with playing one of the best offensive ta- uh, tandem or trio of players, you gave up 23 points to them at their place. Usually with Aaron Rodgers, that's nothing that's going to scare you. You'd be fine. Not today. Yeah, and I guess that's where I just kind of agree with Brian, the caller there, just a little bit. Because, yeah, the defense, yeah, you give up 23 points with past Aaron Rodgers teams. Certainly, you expect most of those teams to be able to score 24-plus points and be able to win the majority of those games. The problem is, this is not the typical Aaron Rodgers offense. You pointed it out earlier, Tausch. It kind of seemed a little more 2015, 2016, 17, 18 Mike McCarthy offense versus what we've seen the last three years with... Matt LaFleur at the helm. And that's what gives me a little bit of concern because I don't know how much better that's going to get even when Alan Lazard returns healthy. Yeah, we all knew replacing Devontae Adams is going to be tough. It ain't happening in one week. And then when you take Alan Lazard out of the equation, I know know, the Green Bay Packers have him as their number one wideout, but they do not plan on that for a long period of time. It's for this season and especially this part of the year where you're letting these young guys develop, but that still is a lot of talent that is not playing for you. And when you take that out and you factor in all the other stuff, that's why I, 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 I get everybody's concerns. I understand it. I just believe in Aaron Rodgers. I am always going to believe in Aaron Rodgers until he's continued to prove me that he is not going to get things done in the regular season. I have not seen that happen. While he's been healthy, I've never seen that happen in my entire time covering and being a fan of this football team. Tausch, certainly appreciate it. Can't wait to talk to you next week, my friend, after the Packers take on the Bears on Sunday Night Football. Hey, Homer, are they still a rival, or are we still calling that no rivalry for the Bears? No rivalry. It'll become a rivalry if they beat the Packers next Sunday. Oh, there'll be two games up on oh, the Oh, boy. Pack. If the Packers, oh, man, the Packers lose to the Bears next week, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that mentally. No one can. Like I'm, I'm, I'm no, like no I'm one. already prepared. Like the schedule right after that to have to play Tampa Bay. At You've already Tampa given Bay. them the win. Yes, I'm, You've already I'm given mentally them the win. like I'm yes. like okay, win. Try to look a little bit better. Try to get ready for Tampa Bay in two weeks. Boy, I'm way to put that thought in my head. I appreciate that, Homer, for putting that thought in my head. Tausch, great, great stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week. That is Mark Tauscher. He usually hangs. Around. I'm going to tell you this right now. I have a feeling, Homer. 
If yeah. the Bears beat the Viking, or excuse me, if the Bears beat the Packers next week, Tausch is going to hang out for more than an hour. <laughs> they they're not going to beat them. I'm just saying, in terms of uh, to have a rivalry, somebody has to do something that you don't expect. That's part of a rivalry. Sure. Part of a rivalry is is this line: you can throw out the records. No, you don't throw out the records with the Bears and the Packers. The Packers have kicked their butt for so long now, you look at the record and go, they're going to whoop them again. I think if I had to check, and I'm not, but it almost feels like Detroit has had more shockers than the Bears have, but I'm not sure. Maybe their standard is, the standard for Detroit is so low. I don't know. We're like, you just thought there was no way they're going to lose the game, but um, no, the the people that live right on the border and that kind of stuff, but they haven't. The Bears have not done done well enough to to uh, make it feel like a rivalry. You play the Bears, and you think the Packers are going to win, and you don't care that it's the Bears. You know, in terms of like, well, no, no, it's the Chicago Bears, and anything can happen. No, it's not the <laughs> Chicago Bears. Anything can happen. It's no. Chicago Bears. Pack are winning. I completely completely agree with that wholeheartedly. We still have plenty more to come here on Packatech. We'll hear from Jason Wildy. We will hear from the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Plus, we have you on the Boda Box Wild Line at 855-616-1620. We hear from you after the Packers fall to the Vikings 23-7 to open up the season. More you on Packatech next. Listening to Packatech on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. One shot at it. Pressure coming, though. He's in trouble. Going to throw it deep. Cobb is there with Harrison Smith. And Harrison Smith is there for the interception. Certainly disappointing today. 23-7 Packers fall to the Minnesota Vikings. And a couple of injuries to run through as well. Injury recap presented by Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin. There is a difference. Visit orthowisconsin.com today. Uh, Chris Barnes had to be carted off with an ankle injury. I'm guessing we do not see him anytime soon. Uh, Did not get an update in the press conference. Uh, John Runyon suffered a concussion. My guess that means, Homer, he's out next week. I would say at this point in in today's NFL... Concussion, eighty percent of the time you're missing the next game. Right. We hope we hope to be wrong. Yeah. But that's the way you play it. But that's typically the way it was. And then while these guys did not return, uh, Quay Walker, his shoulder injury didn't seem as bad when Ke- so when Keyshawn Nixon had his shoulder injury, had a great open field tackle, but kind of came off, and you could kind of tell that arm was was bothering him, kind of dangling as he was running off. Don't know about Quay Walker. Hopefully they are okay. But those were the four injury updates that the Packers had throughout the course of the game. This is obviously uh, a, a tough loss for the Packers to start the season once again. You can vote on our poll on uh, the WT, at 620 WTMJ Twitter poll. Uh, the lack of starters in the preseason, was it an issue? Nearly 60% of people saying yes, it was. It's back-to-back now, and I know Aaron Rodgers is anti-preseason. He was in 2011 when they were locked out. Packers played a really great offensive game against the New Orleans Saints that year. They came out firing against the Vikings in 2020 when there were no preseason games. Granted, that was no preseason games for everyone as well in that situation because of the pandemic. They came out firing offensively, but the last two games, the last two years, opening games have been stinkers, duds, whatever you want to call them for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And I, the only thing I want to add, I'm I'm convinced this year. Everything's about the playoffs. And I think that while it adds to maybe do something different, I think the way they decided who plays, 
I think they're committed to being their best at the end of the season. And if it if whatever they decide means they're weaker at the start of the season, they're not bothered by that at all. I'm not sure they're even that worried about getting home, being the number one seed. I think they want to f- make sure that they're playing their best football at the end of the season, which means early in the season, we're going to sacrifice to later on in every way that we can. Now, maybe that isn't the case, and it just looks that way now because of the injuries, but I'm anticipating them that will be various times going, wow, they're just, they're just being pretty conservative. Yeah, I think they, uh, based on the way they've talked, they want to win the Super Bowl. They're all in. And the only thing that matters is that you're playing well at the end of the year. And why risk sacrificing the end of the year by getting pushing someone a little bit too much early in the year? 855-616-1620. That is the Boda Box Wine Line. We go out to Sean in Sun Prairie. Sean, you're on Pack Attack. We said goodbye to Touch. So now you got Homer and Gabe until 9 o'clock. Evening, guys. How's it going? What's up, Sean? It's going terrible. Thanks for asking. Um, I thought, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, disappointing night. Um, I thought Aaron Rodgers' um, decision-making was poor, holding on the ball too long. And when it's fourth and one with the game on the line there at the end, why do you throw in a double coverage of Robert Tunyon? Why not run the ball for one yard? I, I, I thought that was a, a poor decision. I don't know if that was Lafleur or whomever, but that was just terrible. I mean, if he scored there, you know, you still got to catch lightning in the bottle, get a two-point conversion, get the ball back, and get another two-point conversion to tie it. But I thought on fourth and one, we throw the ball in a double coverage to a tight end. I thought that was kind of uh, on the QB there. And, you know, we're well, paying him $50 million. But wait, you know, Rodgers so has been told you got to be risky. You got to take more challenges. You got to try more <laughs> stuff. We saw him try more stuff on that play in the one to come. one yard to sustain the drive. Yeah, we needed so, one yard to sustain the drive. Greg Olson pointed that out. So I think that's partially on the floor as well, right? Like not getting that personnel package in there to run it to get that one yard. But it was very obvious to me and Homer as we were sitting here watching the game, it was just Rodgers went. Ah, screw it. Like, no, nobody's getting open, so I'm going to throw it to the guy I trust the most. So he threw it up to Robert Tunyon because that was the guy yeah, on the field that, that he terrible. trusted most yeah, in that it, situation. Yeah, and it was it, it was terrible. And, you know, this I, I put this game on management, too. I mean, you are provi- it just goes to show you have not provided Aaron Rodgers with the weapons he needs to win games. And if we're going to lean on him and all season, it's going to be tough sliding because I don't think this defense is as good as everyone thinks it is. Sure, it will take time to gel, but I am very uh, bearish on uh, the Packers, and I'm worried about next week if they're, you know, the Bears were able to take it to San Francisco. Um, yeah, I mean, you throw that out, too. Sean. It was raining. Like, they were squeegeeing the field before the game. That's how bad the conditions yeah. were in Chicago today. Like, when you have a wacky weather like game like that. next week. It's not going to yeah. be like that in Green Bay It'd next be like week. That in Green Bay. No, I, I, I will. I, well, I, I feel so. like I'm taking a page out of Homer's book. I will bet anything at this point that it's not going to be like it was today in Chicago in Green Bay next week. I have not looked at any long-term forecast, but I am very confident that we're not going to have the rain of the year happen right. back-to-back I weekends. Can, I can confirm what Gabe said. Noah left today. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Noah's gone. So I think we're okay for next. No, that's, that's good, but I mean. You know, I, LaFleur, you know, called a terrible game. And, you know, look at what Cleveland does with two running backs. I, I mean, they have a, they have no quarterback. They have Joey Brissett, and he is a nothing burger. And they won a game against, you know, not an equitable uh, matchup with Carolina and Minnesota. But um, there is a 
way to win with two great running backs, which I think we have. And for Matt LaFleur to abandon, you know, any sort of, uh, you know, commit to the run game uh, when your quarterback is thrown in the air and throwing interceptions and fumbling it, I think you got to just pound the crap out of the ball no matter how much time it takes off the clock. Appreciate the call, Sean. 855-616-1620. We still have some calls to get to. Plus, we have to hear from Aaron Rodgers. That's all coming up next on Pack Attack. The Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. On the fake pressure coming. Rodgers in trouble and he drops. Oh, that was a big hit and pressure from all ends. And the Vikings say they have the ball. But there's no signal on the field yet. Jordan Hicks, I think, was the guy who got there first. And Rodgers is down. So it is a fumble recovered by Minnesota. Rodgers now up on his feet, but the Vikings take over. Call courtesy of Fox. Packers fall 23-7 to the Minnesota Vikings, now 0-1 to start the season for the second consecutive year. And for that second consecutive year, uh, they lay an egg in the opener. I'm Gabe Nidesel, along with Homer. The Botabox Wine Line is 855-616-1620. We have the ultimate panic coming out of the 608. Packers will be 0-2 after next week if they can't pass the ball. Also, never again pay an offensive lineman instead of signing the team's number one wide receiver long term. Get ready for 2005 season all over again. And for those who need a history reminder the 2005 season was the year in which the Packers went 4 and 12 it's the year that Brett Favre threw 29 interceptions it is the year it was the year of Sam Congato so that's what uh, somebody in the 608 is preparing themselves for i i'm panicking a little bit like more than i was last year homer after the saints game just because i knew that the offense i figured the offense was going to be good thought we were going to get bakhtiari back ultimately didn't but the offense was still fine rogers ended up being the mvp but i have some concerns about the potential of this defense kind of the same questions i had going in and you and i have had these conversations i know jason and i have had these conversations jason going to be joining us uh, by the way at uh, 8 30 to help us break down this game but there's certainly a lot of potential, a lot of potential within that defense. And I like what they have, but it might have been a little overhyped coming into this game. They haven't done it yet, even though a lot of people like the potential within that defense. Yeah, a great defense to me is they just whoop up on the offense. And it's just a question of how much they do it. But they always do it. And there are too many times with this defense where they get whooped up on. Yeah. I mean, just... And- that just shouldn't happen that often. Like, when you whoop up on them, that defense is going to come and get you. They're gonna, you're going to pay for that. And so that's, I'm just like you. That's what prevents me from thinking they're that good. The, the, the hard part for all of us is the realization that it's got to be the running game. Mm-hmm. It's got to be the combination of Dylan and Jones. It's got to be the willingness to Aaron Rodgers to just hand the ball off more or get the ball to them and whatever. Those two players have to be a huge part of it. And we talked about the red zone. I think that's the red zone has to lead with, hey, we can give it to the big guy two or three times and we're going to get a touchdown. What are you going to do? And I think to this degree, most teams would say to the Packers, we don't believe you'll do it. Ain't no way 12 is going to hand it off three times in a row. And, you know, every time. And then when they, if they have to overplay that, there, there has to be a need for 
defenses to worry about the Packer running game to make the passing game better, not Aaron Rodgers doing that. The Botavox wine line is 855-616-1620. We go to Tim and Racine. Tim, you are on Pack Attack with Homer and Gabe. <clears throat> Hello, how you guys doing tonight? What's up, Tim? Hello. Hey, I'm going to piggyback off uh, Brian and Sean and uh, Sam Cotto in the 2005. I mean, uh, management always stinks because they get rid of our best players. They always get rid of our best players, just like the Brewers do, just like the Bucks do, just like Wisconsin sports teams do. They always get rid of the good players. They don't, you know, I mean, I get really frustrated. You know, I, I don't have a really long attention uh, span like some people out there. I had a couple of head injuries, but you know what? I get really frustrated with, with the man's with the play calling and everything. It, it sucks. It really sucks. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand the frustration and appreciate the call, I mean, Tim. Um, but, I mean, it's just... And, and I agree with the Devontae thing. Like, the, the fact that they get Devontae locked up, every everybody else falling into place behind it... I was thinking... I was talking yesterday with some friends, Homer, about... Oh, do you think the Bucks can win it? Yeah, they'll have Chris Middleton. And when you have Chris Middleton, everything else falls in place behind him. You're not asking Drew to do too much. You're not asking this guy to do too much. And when you have that number one ride receiver for the Packers like you did last year with Devontae, everything else kind of falls into place. You see more clearly Randall Cobb's role. You see more clearly when healthy Alan Lazard's role. I think you could see more clearly the roles of Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs going forward as those young developing receivers that they had last decade. Like when they drafted Greg Jennings and they drafted Jordy and they drafted James Jones, they drafted Devontae Adams, they drafted Randall Cobb, you saw what the plan was. There doesn't seem to be a plan at wide receiver, and now these guys who are coming from non-Power 5 schools in Watson and Dobbs are expected to be contributing right away at the NFL level, and in the case of Watson without any preseason experience. What looks even worse about Adams, and I didn't say it at the time, but it was clear after the Packers didn't give him money that the importance of the wide receiver was accepted and huge money was given to wide receivers by various teams. And I don't know that you would say, well, that was the result of Adams, but there's there's been an understanding of the importance of wide receivers to me that I don't remember a few years ago. And a lot of wide receivers, as you mentioned, got a lot of money. And look, maybe you don't pay the big time bucks to that top wide receiver because you're paying big time bucks to Rodgers and Bakhtiari and Jair. And okay, we can fill in the gaps, but they didn't really do anything to fill in the gaps. And I understand it's one week. We'll have to wait to see how this plays out. But the Kansas City Chiefs did something similar. They traded away their top guy. They scored 44 points today, Homer. And yes, they have Travis Kelsey, so that kind of helps make everything else fall into place. But Juju Smith-Schuster had six catches. Marcus Valdez-Scantling had four catches. Their rookie had a catch. You know, McCall, uh, McCall Hardman had three catches, who was, who was there um, from a year ago still. So they had other players that, okay, this can, we, can, we don't have maybe that number one wide receiver, but we have a number one tight end. So if we fill in a bunch of guys who could be twos or threes behind that, I think we can make this make sense with our quarterback. We're the Packers really didn't do that. No, they don't have a number one at anything. No. Mm-mm. No. And that's what made Adams even more important. Yes. And that's the now, frustrating part for me. To me, that's where I thought, I still think, and I'm maybe just doing, but I'm thinking Tunyon. I, one of my bold predictions was Tunyon would be the starter in the NFC for the Pro Bowl. I think he has the best chance, but I, I, I think I might be <laughs> trying to oversell it. You might be right now. I'm not sure. I know this. Rodgers talks about him like 
he can elevate his play to a level above everyone else. We quickly go out to the Box wine line once again. We go to Guy in Green Bay. Guy, you are on Pack Attack with Homer and Gabe. Hey, I, 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 I want to quote something that Coach LaFleur said after the game. He said we got to get more of a sense of urgency. And if there was anything that was really lacking, I mean, the Packers are down by a couple of, po- a couple of scores, and they're playing like they're ahead a couple scores. They're running down the clock while they're behind. You never saw, you never saw two calls played and get something going. I, I can remember years ago to see George Blanda come in in the fourth quarter after in, down about three scores. He, he makes two touchdowns and then he kicks a forty-five-year field goal to win. You don't. I, I, I just can't understand. They why, don't have they, anybody to throw to. Well, they don't have those weapons. I, I remember George Blanda and what he did with the Oakland enough, Raiders. Right? He had uh, Fred Bolitnikoff and he had uh, I can't remember the the uh, the the guy who was just all he did was run down. I'm saying Orson Welles, but it's not Orson Welles. <laughs> um, but they had another guy, and all he did he was one of the great vertical receivers. In addition to Bolitnikoff, they had players. If it was Orson Welles, that'd be yes, hilarious. That'd be one of the great. Well, I'll, I'll think of the guy's good, name here in a second. Uh, but good, but good the guy, the answer to your question. It is is Watson. He's the guy. I don't know that he can become the guy. Run down the clock, 25, 30 seconds in the huddle when with a quarter and a half to go, and they're wearing down the clock. I would agree with that. I would agree with getting the plays off quicker, yes. But they're doing it because they don't have – he's not going to be stupid and throw interceptions. Yeah, and we we appreciate – Well, then, then, then I guess we don't have the most valuable player. I mean, heck, he, he's great. Just let him go. Let him make these uh, yeah, that, receivers into something. But if, they, but if they're not, the guy, oh, guy you're, do it. we appreciate the call. <laughs> guy, if they're not open, you can't throw them the football. Like, we had the caller go, well, why did you just throw it a double cup? Because nobody else was open. And he went, okay, this is the guy I trust here, so I'm going to throw it up to Tunyon in double coverage toward the end of the game. That's just the kind of the and way. And then the pressure, like one play with, where Cobb was just wide open, but he didn't have a chance. He did, yeah, so he's rolling out left. He's got to try to square yes. the hips and get one in there before I mean, he gets hit and he overthrows him. I'm I just think they have to throw short. I think they have to run the ball. They have to throw short so that he releases the ball quicker because otherwise he's going to get hurt. And any sort of shot downfield has to be that immediate calculated shot, what yep. it was at the beginning of the field, because even though he went deep to Watson, it, that ball was out, Homer, like that. Yes, like he was. knew exactly where he was going. It is time for The Man. It's brought to you by New Mail Medical. Uh, struggling with ED or symptoms, low T, schedule consult- consultation with New Mail. Discover the new you. Call New Mail Medical Center, 414-751-8932. Who do you have as The Man? I, I think, it, I mean, I want to say The Man is The Men of Jones and Dylan as a running back tandem. That that's really The Man. But uh, the man to me is 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 Christian Watson. I th- I think he's going to do something this year. I think he's going to help him. And you know he had the horrible drop, but the fact that they went back to him, I just thought Rodgers would never go back, and he didn't go back to him much. But you know, even though he went to a small, there there's something there I believe that can and will help the Packers. And I don't know who else is their vertical vertical threat. Yeah, it's, there is it's, it's So he almost has to be given the opportunity, and um, I, I think I think I mean he's clearly he's no MVS. Who is? 
I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do something. I think he's gonna be, and it's. An, I think it could easily be one of those situations, like I've said, the team where it might not come until the end of the year. But I think. I think it's possible. It's possible and reasonable to believe that he is going to serve a role of note on this team. It started horribly. But I think he still showed something, so I agree with you uh, in terms of Christian Watson, and, and hopefully he does play a role and continue to grow within the Packers' offense. We're going to hear from the quarterback and what he had to say following the Packers' 23-7 loss to the Minnesota Vikings next on Pack Attack. Goal. Check them out at RidgetopExteriors.com. QB number one for the Packers at his press conference after the game, and the first question was about the offensive line and how they held up without their top two tackles. These guys are NFL players. There's expectation whoever's in there, that they're going to play well. Uh, we had a lot of chances today. You know, I'm not taking anything away from their defense, but we hurt ourselves uh, many times, myself included. I had a lot of opportunities to score more than seven. Aaron, last year we sat in Jacksonville and, and you know, people got all worked up that, oh, Aaron's not, you know, saying this is a total disaster or whatever, and you came out and obviously you guys were fine. Do you feel any differently coming out of this one than you did last year, or is it fairly similar? Oh, no, I know. I feel I feel like we had a much better performance. We scored four more points than we did that day. There's a lot to build on when you compare the two. Look, it's tough to win in this league, and definitely tough to win when you get in your own way too many times. So, um, Felt like you know we did some good things. We maybe you know got to get some more touches for for Jonesy and Dylan. Uh, made a lot of mistakes in the perimeter, missed some throws. Um, so there's a lot of a lot to clean up all the way around. How different do you think the game could have been if you touchdown on the first play? Yeah, I don't really like playing those what if games, but the games do usually come down to a few plays here and there. If C-Dub catches that one, 75-yard touchdown. If I pull the one on the goal line, I walk in for a touchdown. There's 14 points. Let's see, 23-7. Yeah, so we would have been right in it. You mentioned opportunities, but those are two you can definitely say. But what other opportunities were there really for you to make big plays? Is there specific something? Because... Well, there's some execution issues for sure that didn't allow us. You know, the pick was a real dumb decision by me, but the play was uh, was a good play, and we totally blocked it wrong. You know, we're supposed to block a certain way. Z came basically untouched, and the back had to block him. I had to roll to the left. I guess that was a fumble, um, but. Uh, just stuff like that, where we have a down-the-field shot. If we just block it the way we know we're supposed to block it, there's going to be an opportunity to take a shot down the field. We don't. i got to move. I should throw it away. I don't. I fumble, take the ball back, get three points. So that's one example. There were probably three or four others. What did you think of the performance of the performance against Zedarius? I don't really have any comment on Zedarius. So on that goal line one, is that an option for you to take it in or would you just have to Time see it? Call. Just what I did. Just wing it there. Trust it. Okay, you said you had to be patient with the young guys, the young receivers. Is that easier said than done now that 
I mean, he knew it was going to be growing pains. This is the real football. You know, it counts. It's different. There's nerves. I thought Christian ran a great route to start the game. You know, we talked about it during the week. Do you really want to start off with a bomb shot? I said, yeah, what the hell? Why not? You know, this kid can really fly. Let's give him a chance. I was teasing Patrick after the game that we got him. He said, yeah, I wasn't quite warmed up yet, but uh, we got to make those plays. But, but those are going to happen. It's the mental mistakes that we really got to clean up, and there was too many uh, across the board. That's Aaron Rodgers after the game. Got to yeah, take a Zedarius. shot. Zedarius. And tough crowd, tough day for the uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't take any blame crowd. He was certainly blaming himself for the fumble, blamed himself, called it a stupid decision on the interception. Uh, plenty of blame to go around, but he was certainly pointing the finger at himself during this press conference. I would agree, yeah. And, and you know, the kid can fly. Like... No, how often is Aaron Rodgers going to say, "Yeah, let's do the first play with a guy who didn't hasn't played at all, has been hurt"? It's just, those those are the things I notice that tell me what he thinks about a player's ability. It's a little different than what we've seen certainly out of Aaron Rodgers in the past. We get back to the Boda Box Wine Line eight five five six one six one six twenty. We hear from you as Pack Attack continues next. If the Packers win, then we'll ring the bell. And please remember, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell and put money in the Salvation Army Red Kennel. You can donate now at samilwaukee.org. Gabe Nigel Homer with you. Pack attack. Packers fall 23-7 to the Minnesota Vikings. Second consecutive season, which the Packers have a disappointing loss to open the year on the road. They start 0-1. We're taking your calls on the Boda Box Wine Line. 855-616-1620. We go out to Sugar Free in Green Bay. Sugar Free, you're on Pack Attack with Homer and Gabe. Hey, gentlemen. Uh, it's one game. It's kind of like last year. Uh, I understand what Gabe what you're talking about, you know, we don't have Devontae Adams, uh, but we definitely don't have two tackles. We don't have our number one receiver, but I'll tell you wait, wait, one but, guy. Okay, let me ask you this, Sugar Free. Sugar Free, let me ask you this. Yep. Do you really believe that Alan Lazard is going to make that big of a difference? No, but two tackles in him are going to make a big difference. Right, and, I think the two tackles, sure, to give Rodgers more time. There. Yeah, and and I think this is a, basically a preseason game that they should have been uh, rehearsing with these young young receivers. So, but the the one real disappointing thing, and uh, you know the coaches is you know the coaches uh, defensive coordinator, they're they're going to say, well we we do things this way, but I'll tell you, Alexander should have been on Jefferson the whole game. Okay, Stokes played. I, I'm Stokes played like garbage. Okay. Douglas played well, Alexander played well, but he wasn't on Justin Jefferson. You cannot let him beat you, and you you let him beat you last. I, agree. Year. I don't know where Alexander then, uh, was. Where it was just their playing zone. Did well, you so, see? Yeah. Him? So, and we appreciate the call, Thanks, sugar, sugar free. free. So with with Jair, he was kind of lining up typically on one side of the defense, and he was okay. staying over there. He wasn't traveling, and because they were playing so much zone, you heard Greg Olson talking about it, where they're playing kind of the umbrella zone, trying to keep everything underneath it. You're not gonna if if you're playing zone. 
then you're not going to, especially as, as many times as Jefferson kind of went in motion to kind of give away that the Packers were in zone or man and, and gave Kirk Cousins a heads up of what kind of defense they were playing. It was a situation where if you're just going to be playing zone, you're going to move him around. It's going to cause more confusion than there already was out there that allowed him to get open as many times as he did. There were a couple of times where he did play man-to-man, had the great coverage, got the offensive pass interference call against Justin Jefferson. At Making that one us point all game. think, why wasn't that happening more often? I did want to ask you, who messed up? There were clearly a couple of blown coverages, right? But yeah. I don't know that anybody said. Was it one of the safeties? or So there was one. I didn't quite, quite. Yeah, we can ask Jason. I couldn't quite see where. Because that's huge to me. Jair actually started on one of the plays. It was a crossing route where he ended up catching it down the right sideline. I think it was towards the end of the first half where Jair clearly thought he was passing him off and was taking a, a, a receiver who was coming into his zone. And I couldn't see the number on the defender who was following that guy. So it ended up being a double coverage on that. And that's how it ended up being. Somebody wide open and Justin but, Jefferson I mean, down huge. the right sideline. How many blown coverages do they believe there were? Three? At least three that I can think okay. of where it's just like, whoa, what? I mean, when Justin Jefferson, the first time it happens, like, okay, first game of the season, whatever. When it happens two or three more times after that, you're going, there's a problem here. And it needs to be addressed. We'll certainly get into it with Jason Wilde. We'll continue to take your calls. 855-616-1620. The Botabox wine line as Pack Attack continues. Now. You're listening to the DeGuara. I knew it had to be to work. He didn't catch anything. Yeah, he caught <laughs> two. He caught two. Two for twenty-eight. Yes, two. For, I, I think that's why it seemed like the Packers called timeout or Lafleur. No, they were out of timeout. So I don't know if happened. somebody got hurt for the Vikings and that mm. led to a timeout. But so that's then why they, they wanted some time left to give and, Jordan Love a chance to play. Yeah, it was. I mean, good for him. It was. Yep. You know, makes everybody else feel better. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the Boda Box wine line. We go out to Pat and ATL. Pat, you are on. Pack attack with Homer and Gabe. Hey guys, I really love you guys. You guys are fantastic. Thanks for the show. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I wanted, although the show does go downhill when Tosh leaves. Well, you know I mean, that, right? We're, I mean, we're not Packer yeah, Hall yeah. of Famers. We understand where we are. We've noticed that it's gone downhill a little too with the recent callers compared to the earlier ones. Just not saying. Just go ahead. Happy to have you on. Go for it. Well, I want. I, Three quick things. I want to disagree a little bit with Tausch, which is stupid because he knows more than I'll ever know, and with Homer to say just hand it off to, uh, you know, to the two backs and well, throw the ball to him. It's not just you just don't run the ball anymore. You use okay. running backs, okay. and they have to be analyzed for but, catches and running. That's huge. And so, but anyway, but go you ahead. Notice, you notice, uh, you notice that Rodgers didn't praise the line for good reason. They didn't run block very well. It seemed like there were just big piles, and all of a sudden. Jones would scoot out, or so would A.J. just scoot out and make their own way. They're just not that good. And Homer's old enough to remember Barry Sanders, right? All the magic stuff. The Lions never had any line. He had to do all that stuff by himself. you got to have a line to be able to pass block and run block. I just don't think we have it. I don't that come on! The colors were better early. They're missing both their two <laughs> best guys. They're missing two linemen yeah. that possibly... Could get into the Hall of Fame. Well, that takes me to my next point. So when those is, two guys aren't there, you know, are, what are you going to say if the, uh, I don't know what we could talk about, if the defense was missing Clark and Jair, and you go, geez, the defense, uh, not just two guys, but two but, really, really good players. Yeah, I know. But the fact is that they did not make any big holes for these guys. They did not pass block very well. Although we know Sidarius was all hyped up, 
Daniil Hunter's really good. And they still average, what, six it. yards? Six they yards average, carry. The, the Dylan and Jones averaged deceiving, over seven yards stat. a touch. What? That's a deceiving stat because they didn't carry it that much to begin with. Oh. And when they did, they had a couple of big runs. So your average stat, you can quote that all day, but that that's, doesn't necessarily That's how you get you a good average. <laughs> You gotta have the big runs, the big catches. Pat, yes. what's, what's your final point, quickly? Because we gotta yeah. get to Jason. Come on, try to finish is... strong. Try to finish strong, Pat. <laughs> My final point is: when is the media, local media, gonna stop taking the, the the stuff, the garbage that the Packers PR machine puts out about Bakhtiari, and just admit he had a devastating, possibly career-ending in, uh, injury, and he probably is not coming back. We just yeah. keep jerking around. With no, this. so might, so that's where Pat. Now he might need back now. Pat, that's where I have to just disagree. Like NFL team, fifty-three men is not a lot on an active roster, and the the practice squad gets keeps getting expanded. The Packers aren't going to waste yeah. a roster spot on David Bakhtiari if he wasn't going to be coming back within the next three weeks. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's going to be next week, and maybe there was some sort of setback because he didn't practice on we Friday. Next week, we Fine. If, next if week he doesn't come back, weeks. then we will say months. you were right. But you're going to be wrong, and then okay. you can call in and say you're wrong. But if he doesn't play in the next three I weeks, we'll wrong. join your club. We're yeah, not there. Because if he was going to miss the first four, they just wrong. put him on PUP and they'd have saved that roster spot because there were a couple of guys that got through the practice squad I'm sure that they would have liked to have on the 53-man roster. We appreciate the call. We appreciate the banter, Pat. We hear from Jason Wilde. He joins us next on Pack Attack. Back with more Pack Attack next on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Friend, he is our teammate. He is Jason Wilde. He's joining us here on Pack Attack. I'm Gabe Neitzel along with Steve the Homer True. And Jason Wilde is presented by WPS Health Solutions. Go to OperationFanMail.com to nominate an active duty service member or veteran to be honored at a Packers home game this season. That's OperationFanMail.com. You can catch him each and every weekday morning starting at 9 o'clock on Wilde and Tausch on ESPN Wisconsin. Jason, welcome to Pack Attack. Hi, guys. How are you tonight? Yeah. And, I mean, I oh, mean, come on, Gabe. You couldn't. You can't be surprised by this. Um, so here's the thing, Jason. Still disappointed. Yeah, a little like bit. I mean, I, I predicted the Packers to lose. In fact, over at Cover Five, I picked the, the Vikings to win this game. Oh, nice point total oh, for you then. Uh, yeah, felt pretty good about that. That certainly helped because I wanted to take the Bills anyway. But it's still disappointing that. The offense looked the way it did, and the defense allowed Justin Jefferson to literally be the only man on my television screen multiple times this afternoon. Yeah, that's that's fair. And and look, it, it, you know, you can do the ifs and buts deal uh, with the drop on the first play by Christian Watson. You can uh, talk about the fourth and goal from the one play. Uh, you know, if they score there, it's different. And Rogers said afterward that. Even though the play didn't call for it, he could have pulled the ball instead of handing it off to Dylan, and he could have walked in on a quarterback keeper. Um, that's all well and good, but look, that, that's that, that's the game, man. Like, you know, every game comes down to a couple of plays, and those two were obviously critical. The part that I don't understand, and and I, I didn't go to Minneapolis for this one, uh, but our buddy Rob Domofsky from ESPN.com and Matt Schneiman from the Athletic approached Jair Alexander in the locker room afterward and asked him, you know, hey, did you did you talk to the coaches about 
matching up on Jefferson one-on-one, and and he flat-out said that that's what he wanted to do. Now, every corner always wants that, even when it's not a good idea. But he said, you know, it ain't about me, it ain't about me, but that, you know, if it was my choice, that's what I, you know, what I'd be doing. And Matt LaFleur's explanation for that was, well, if you go man-to-man all game long, then that's fine, you can do it. And what I wanted to say from my desk in my office was, Matt, when you went zone, he was the only guy on the TV screen. So you might as well go man-to-man because certainly the zone that you wanted to be able to run against him didn't work. He had 184 receiving yards. He had nine catches. He had one touchdown, and he almost had another where his foot was out of bounds. Plus, one of the few catches that he had that didn't count was in man coverage when he got called for offensive pass interference against Jair Alexander. So, look, I, I, I gave you a little bit of a hard time, Gabe, but if there's anything that you should be surprised by tonight, in my opinion, it's that they weren't able to adjust defensively and to find other answers because, look, the Vikings had some shoot-themselves-in-the-foot moments, too, offensively. They had some opportunities that they wasted. And the fact that it was only 23 points, I thought, was fortunate for them. So, you know, for all the hype about this defense, we knew that this was going to be a big challenge for them out of the gates. And Justin Jefferson showed them that they're not quite as good as advertised, but there's a lot of football left to play. And as bad as they were last year in their opener, uh, this one, they weren't as bad. Rodgers had a deadpan line about how they scored four more points than they did in that one. But I will say this, the one thing that you know I have been harping on time and time and time again has been how they have these young guys on their offensive line and obviously in their receiving core that are not experienced and they're going to make mistakes. And I listen to Aaron Rodgers bemoan the mental errors and that they have too many mental errors. And my question for Matt LaFleur tomorrow will be, how can you simplify things that will reduce the number of mental errors? Because it's great that Aaron Rodgers doesn't make mental errors, although he admitted that his decision on the interception was dumb and that the decision of not throwing the ball away on the fumble was not a good decision. But how do you figure out a way, which is what we've been talking about since the beginning, to find a way to put those young guys in a spot where they're comfortable, they're not making as many decisions, so they can't make as many mistakes, and maybe that gives them a little bit more chance to be successful with the most demanding quarterback in football. Yep, I'm there. It's on Rodgers. Got to get him to change. You got to run the ball more, Mr. Rodgers, and you got to throw the ball away because if you play like you did today, you will not make it through the season. You'll get hurt, and our season is over. We can't allow you that stupid. Do you think that'd be the way to put it? had two touchdown catches today, right? He was the guy that the Packers, I was told, didn't really like in the draft. Um, I don't know what the other wide receiver rookie numbers were today. I know what Devontae Adams does well, today. And I want to add to that. I think Watson can help him this year. I'm, I agree. I, I'm convinced. I, I thought that was – and the fact that Rodgers would throw it to him on the first play of the game, even though the kid never practiced or, I mean, you know, hadn't played, tells me he's got some faith in him too and right. knows they, they need him as a – What? 
Yeah, and then he never threw it well, to him again until towards yeah, the Yeah, you got to pay. But I'm saying he's he's the he's the only vertical threat they got on the team, and he knows he's got to use him somehow. Just, yeah. I mean, MVS dropped deep balls too. Like it's not exclusive to him. But look, the, the other part of this that I think is interesting, you know, Matt Lafleur said they didn't get Aaron Jones enough touches. Uh, sure, I agree with that. But you know, the other guys get paid too. And if you don't think defensive coordinators are saying, look, we got we to gotta make sure that we stop Dylan and Jones because they're their two best players right now. And obviously we're not going to leave wide receivers roaming the countryside, even though that was apparently the Packers game plan with Jefferson. Um, they're going to say, look, we can't let their running backs beat us because they're the best players they have uh, in terms of weapons for Rodgers. So, uh, this idea that it, it's as simple as just getting the ball to Jones and and Dylan more, I'm not sure it's quite that simple either. When we get to see Alan Lazard, presumably next week, is he going to make much of a difference? Because the, the conversation we had earlier today, Jason, when, when Tausch was on, was... This reminded us more of the why isn't anyone getting open 2017, 2018 yeah. Mike McCarthy Packers versus the oh, Matt LaFleur schemes guys open Packers that we've seen the last three years. No doubt. Uh, I think there were multiple instances of that, and I would agree that that was an issue. Um, but again, I don't know if suddenly now the scheme isn't very good. You know, Matt LaFleur will tell you that the scheme is a lot better when you've got really good players running it. And I understand Devontae Adams' new team lost today. So it's not like uh, he went to Las Vegas and everything was puppy dogs and ice cream. But, you know, I don't think Alan Lazard, who I like, and I think is a really good number three and a decent two, um, I don't know if having him as your one makes you a completely different defense or completely different offense. But I would say that it certainly would have made them better today. I'm not sure good enough to win. But, you know, the other thing that we are skipping over, I know we'll get to it, but, you know, they made the choice to play it safe with Bakhtiari and Jenkins. And, you know, your offensive line is not going to be uh, all that good when you're missing your two best offensive linemen. And they clearly – took them off PUP during camp with the expectation they would play some time in the first four weeks and that they needed all that practice time. But it, it sure seemed to me like they had made up their minds to not play them uh, a lot earlier than they indicated to us. Uh, and Lafleur dodged that question after the game as to when he knew that they weren't going to have those guys. Jason, we certainly appreciate the time and look forward to hearing everything you have to say when you break down the game tomorrow morning with the Packers Hall of Famer, Mark Tauscher. I'm Will Dean Tausch. Catch it 9 to noon on ESPN Wisconsin. All right, guys. Take care. Be good. Jason Wilde, you can always catch him here on Pack Attack. And again, on Wilde and Tausch, 9 to noon on ESPN Wisconsin. We get back to your calls on the Bodebox wine line, 855-616-1620. That's coming up next on Pack Attack. You're listening to Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network with Homer, Gabe, and Tausch. Sponsored by Bud Light. Light, clean, and crisp tasting.
Gabe. Tausch was with us earlier. Motorbox wine line number 855-616-1620. Though it is time right now for our difference maker, difference making player of the game presented by Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Start at Annex Wealth. Dot com. Homer, difference-making player of the game today. And in order to do this, I'm creating my own player because I wanted to be a player. You have to come up with a name okay. for the player Aaron A.J. Jones-Dillon um, because that's a player. That is a player I want analyzed over the course of the year because today, uh, Jones-Dillon, uh, 23 touches, 167 yards. And uh, that's the way I believe you have to mention a, a running back. You de- you can't put yards rushing and catching. Doesn't matter. It's all how many touches, how many yards. So you have those the the uh, the uh, Siamese twin or whatever. I haven't figured out how to describe <laughs> how to turn two players into one. Haven't but, done it yet. But that's the way I want people to look at it because I don't care if Jones has fifty, if Dylan has one hundred and twenty, or you know, there's a certain yardage that yeah, two somebody of them gets get. hot one game, yes. so he gets more touches right. or you just have a really good matchup with the way you're able to exploit the edge of a defense with the speed that Aaron Jones has or if somebody's weak up the middle you can exploit that more with runs up the middle with AJ Dillon so you give him more carries and if you but the don't run him and you throw the ball to him I don't care yeah because the throws just, are going to be like runs so so they have 23 touches uh the uh the tandem uh 23 touches 167 yards I mean that's seven yards a touch you can win with seven yards a touch. And yes, you have some that are 29. And and this is, I would emphasize, with the offensive line that we admit is a mess because of who they're missing. Even with that offensive line, 23 touches. And to me, it all comes down to Aaron Rodgers having to think that we're, in his mind, he has to think we run too much. Or we use our running backs too much. You want to hear that complaint in a press conference yes. or a yeah. locker room availability from right. Ryan Rodgers. Like, hey, we're running the ball too and much. And if you don't want to run it, then just throw it, throw, him in the, throw a pass to him in the flat. Yeah. But this is, I think, the future of the offense. But we, is, I mean, he admitted, Homer, during his press conference today that he wants right. to get those guys more involved. Right. And that's, when you talk about he's talking with LaFleur, that's what it is. Their number one thing is Jones, Dillon, they got to have 30, 30 touches, or we're looking for 200 yards from them, from the combo every game. How do we get our 200? We can't win without them getting 200 yards, and I emphasize just receiving and rushing those two things together. I think that's the off, so that you won't worry about the offense as much. I think this is the only way it can be done because it will then, I believe, open up other things to where we might actually see a receiver open. Um, my difference-making player, and this is more or less just so I can give him a shout-out because we haven't talked about him much today other than we hope he's healthy and he didn't oh, return with the shoulder injury. Quay Walker, man. Yes. like, dude, dude just looks like he belongs. I understand he, he made a couple of mistakes in coverage and Greg Olson pointed him out, but he also said, hey, with rookies, especially rookie linebackers, the coverage thing comes later. The way he was able to close space when somebody was throwing a pass in his zone and hold them to a gain of three, four, five yards, seemed like a sure tackler, has that speed. He just looks like he belongs No, the there. only, in the past, the only way a Packer linebacker went that fast is when they were in a car. That's <laughs> a fantastic point. There's nothing else I can add there. We'll take your calls as we wrap up Pack Attack on the Motorbox Wine Line at 855-616-1620. That's coming up next. 
Back with more Pack Attack next on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Sponsored by Bud Light. Four simple, high-quality ingredients. Barley, rice, hops, and water. Favorite light lager since 1980. Crisp and refreshing in high school. Bud Light is waiting for you. And Bud Light is brought to you by, or excuse me, Pack Attack is brought to you by Bud Light. Enjoy responsibly. 2022 Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light, St. Louis, Missouri. Gabe Nigel, Steve the Homer, true as we wrap up Pack Attack. Packers fall to the uh, Minnesota Vikings 23-7 today. Up next for the Packers, they will be on Sunday night football when they welcome the Chicago Bears to Lambeau Field for the home opener. But now we go out to the Botabox wine line, 855-616-1620. Bill in Green Bay has been patiently waiting. Bill, you're on Pack Attack with Homer and Gabe. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Homer. How's it going, buddy? Doing great, Bill. What do you got? Well, I thought they played pretty poorly in the first half, but the second half they went in at halftime and made a lot of adjustments. I wish they just would have caught up and did that in the first half. Obviously, with Javier Alexander, he's back. That's a good positive note there, I believe, don't you? Oh, yeah. Uh, Jair being Um, Malik, I think, makes... Again, he just makes you deeper in that defensive secondary. Yeah, I mean, the way he played, he he pretty much was shutting Jefferson down the second half. And I saw a lot of good things out out of these rookies, but there was a lot of adjustments that could have been made, I felt, in the first half that weren't made that weren't made until the second half a little bit too late, you know? Yeah, it's, it really it's, hurt it's always that we tough. We didn't have either one of our tackles either, you know? Yeah, and then Runyon goes out with a concussion very early in the second half as well. So that, I mean, the offensive line being beat up, and we certainly appreciate the call. Homer, the, the one thing for sure that I know coming out of this game going forward is the Packers can't afford to fall behind. Because when they're in a position like they are right now, or they were in today's game, where they're trying to make it up and they have... Like, chunk plays through the air, they just don't exist right no, now. No, they have to do it the old-fashioned way. They have to have the confidence when they're behind to run the ball and do what they feel they need to. But yes, the, uh, the, the ability to come back the way we've seen Aaron Rodgers do it before isn't going to happen this year. I saw a lot of people referencing on, on Twitter the, the 20... It would have been 2019, I think, opener when when he he got hurt, then he got hurt. Brett Hundley came in, whatever, and then he came back in the second half and led the Packers on the wild comeback, and they beat the Bears 24-23 in the opener in 2019, or excuse me, 2018. And that's just not happening. He doesn't have Randall Cobb had a huge game. Devontae Adams had a good game. Uh, Geronimo Allison had a pretty good catch in that game. But it all made sense because all those receivers worked in concert with each other. If right that now, happens, it can't happen until game 14. No, another one until I'm, these the, young guys grow. Yes. And as I said, the, the you know, I, no, I haven't seen Watson. And when you come from the school that he came from, you wonder how long. And it just, I'll be disappointed if he doesn't. Uh, have a role where he can help. And clearly, Rodgers sees the need for it. He's willing to throw the first pass yeah. to him, which tells me, hey, we got nothing but him vertically. He's it. <laughs> He's our guy. And I'm willing to risk and do something that's against the kind of conservative approach that he always plays. Don't forget, you can react to all this uh, stuff with the Packers falling 23-7 to the Vikings tomorrow as well. Brett Favre going to be on ESP Milwaukee at oh, 7.30 yeah. in the morning. What He'll is give he his reactions. Say? This has been Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network.